minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. The weekend's here. Let's get drunk. Let's get into it. We have the World Series going on. Personally, I don't care. I don't know very many other people who care or at least have a rooting interest in this one. The Celtics and Lakers both stink. And, of course, college football and pro football await our eyeballs and our heart. Welcome to Minus 3. Bet along with us, won't you? FanDuel.com slash Minus 3. It's the word Minus. The number 3. Make sure you head over and play against us, everybody, at the Extra Points Network. Cousin Sal on down. ExtraPoints.com. The Arcade. NFL pick them every week. College football pick them every week. Other assorted nonsense. Hooey and applesauce to bet with us, against us, so on and so forth. Let's get into this. Let's see how the week that was has treated Kevin Hench and Eddie Spaghetti over there behind the glass and also project ahead into this uh, weekend of sports action. What's the poop there, Hench? How you doing? I'm good. Um, I, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Celtics and Lakers both sucking. The, one of the advantages of living on the West Coast or, or disadvantages is by by 7 p.m. your your East Coast basketball team has already lost. Like so, so I'm already processing like, oh, I don't have to watch the Celtics this year. Like they suck. Like they just they've lost at home to the Raptors and the Wizards. Like this team. They have two two young stars that you would think it's easy to build around these guys, and they're they're garbage. And so by seven o'clock, I'm depressed. I'm fully depressed about like what am I going to do with all this basketball time I had set aside? And then the Lakers lift my spirits by sucking even worse than the Celtics. Like this keeps happening where I'm like, oh my god, how am I going to get out of the doldrums? Oh, I'll watch the Lakers blow a 26 point lead. At Oklahoma City, you're playing the worst team in the league. You're up by 26, and then it's like when it couldn't get any better. Then like I'm like, geez, they, they, they've blown a, they've blown most of this lead. Whoa, they've blown all of this lead. Wow, they're trailing. Holy shit, they could lose this game. So the end of that of that Lakers Thunder game, as a you know, if you're a Laker hater, you know this 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 should be like a screensaver for you. The last minute of this game because they get. First, Russell Westbrook gets a good look at a tying three. But, of course, we know there's no such thing as a good look for Russell Westbrook if he's behind the three-point line. And, you know, I've I've always thought that worse than an air ball is that shot that hits back crotch. Like the crotch, like it's, it's both long and wide left. Like it just kind of clangs in the crotch of the rim and the backboard, like just a fucking colossal brick. It's where you would expect your ball to hit if you had to shoot from half court. And that's Russell Westbrook on every open three point. I can't believe he made through that entire example, Eddie Spaghetti, without once saying, you're familiar with those, Sheck. You shoot those all the time. Sheck, you know what? You know, look, you're maturing, Kevin Hench, and no, I appreciate that. Listen, I respect Sheck, it. If you Thank were, you. If you're unguarded, you had a pretty sweet stroke. If anyone was in within five feet of you, obviously you were probably not going to draw iron. But so anyway, so that's the first delightful thing. I mean, I the Russell Westbrook, by the way, what, you know, Carmelo Anthony just moved into the top 10. He's ninth. He's ninth all time in career scoring in the NBA. Is there any evidence that since he left Syracuse, he's ever helped the team win a game? 
Like I, I there's no like I, there's no discernible evidence. So and then it's like okay, it's so like to no me one. for real. I know Carmelo has a different pedigree than Kerry Collins, but when I saw that he had gotten into the top ten, it really and I know it's been around there for a while, but. It really is sort of like, I think 20 years from now, we'll look back and be like, Carmelo Anthony is one of the top 10 scorers in the history of pro basketball. It's sort of like when you look up, when you're going down the top 20 passing yard leaders in the history of people in pro football, and you're like, Carrie Collins is in there? Really? It's a, it, it, it is just about that level. That's a perfect analogy. And, and, yet, and yet people, I think, sort of share your view of the underwhelming uh, career of, of Collins, but people really hold Mello in very high esteem and, and including a LeBron, I guess, because there's no way mm-hmm. anybody arrives on the Lakers without clearing it with the actual boss, LeBron James. So Mello is already in the twilight, uh, uh, you know, headed to the hall of fame as this guy who scored a ton of points without ever helping his team. And then Russell Westbrook arrives. He's a guy who gets triple doubles with no evidence that he helps his team. Like that, that, like he puts up, he stuffs a stat sheet with no evidence that it helps his team. Anyway, so he delivers this colossal brick. Then Malik Monk gets a contested look for another game tying three air ball. Then uh, Thunder rookie Giddy. Australian, I think, is he he throws the ball directly to Mello for a third crack at the game tying three. Mello also shoots an air ball. Moments later, the Thunder up five, steal an inbounds pass, and the kid has a breakaway dunk, and he dunks it because it's fun to dunk and it's fun to win your first game of the year. And it's not like they're up 17, they're up five. They're up five, and he dunks. Russell Westbrook loses his mind. He loses his mind at this display of terrible sportsmanship. Um, like, like what this kid did what was as violent as what Russell Westbrook's last three did to the backboard. And he and he gets tossed from the game. He starts screaming, you know, like he wants to fight the guy for dunking with, with two seconds left in a five-point game. And it was like, and I just like I was cleansed. I was cleansed of the Celtics sucking. I was like, oh my God, what a nightmare. The you remember the end of The Graduate when Dustin Hoffman and Catherine Ross are on the bus? Like, what did we just do? What? What? We do we even like each other? Slow, this isn't gonna work. Yeah, slowly, it, sl- the smiles melting away to like, oh Jesus! Now, we're oh stuck Jesus! Together, what have we us. done? What I just, I just left my wedding. Catherine Ross, like, I just was getting married. I just left my wedding to be with you, this weirdo. And I, LeBron must be going like, oh, shit. Did everybody else know that this Russell Westbrook thing was not going to work at all? Am I the only person who didn't understand how the NBA works now? Crowdsource, so- crowdsource. We need somebody to make the Photoshop of LeBron and Carmelo looking at each other at the back of the bus at the end of The Graduate. We need that. Please. Oh, my life. God. Oh, my God. That would be a beautiful thing because and, – and, like, what what – Several teams, I mean, most teams have figured out. It's like you don't need more ball-dominant guys when you have LeBron, who would like to have the ball, and Anthony Davis, who eventually is going to need the ball on most possessions, and then a guy, Russell Westbrook, who's like, I also like having the ball, so 
there, there was a play. They actually ended up winning this game uh, against the Grizzlies. But there was a play where Russell did his fucking thing where he just explodes. And, like, he's so athletic. He's so – like, you are confused. How does this not help your team win? The fact that he can blow by his guy at any time should should produce victories. So Russ blows by his guy to create that rotation. But at the exact same time, LeBron and AD both dive to the rim and the three of them end up in a phone booth and Russ tries to pass it and it's a turnover. And I was like, this is exact problem. What you want is spacing. And I mean, you know, the Suns came up short obviously last year, but the way that Bridges and Cam Johnson just eternally available in the short corner to shoot a very high percentage. Like I never have to have the ball in during the whole possession until there are two seconds left on the shot clock. And I get an open three based on your hard work, Chris Paul, this is going to be delightful. That's today's NBA. Uh, dribbling, dribbling, beating your man off the dribble. Like that's not the way the game is played anyway. So, so I got to tell you, uh, well, first of all, I'm curious, do you just, uh, does, does your wife just plug you in when we end the minus three episode at the end of every week and just leave you charging up because you come out of the gate on fire every single week. I mean, we're getting feedback Mostly good, but I think the majority of the feedback, correct me if I'm wrong, is like, who is this lunatic? I mean, you know, but it's it's gangbusters. I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. And where you're talking about and where you're and you're talking about the problematic inclusion of Carmelo Anthony on your team. What about the problematic inclusion apparently desired by more than one pro football team? of Deshaun Watson. Got to talk about that. Talk about Russell Wilson kind of taunting the poor OKC kid. What about Roger Goodell taunting the world with saying like, wish I could release those emails. Really right. wish I do, but well, I'm Russell, not going to. Russell, that's Russell that's a 15 yard flag for taunting. We'll get into all of it. Hedge. You I want to talk Russell, about all Russell of it. Wilson. Don't, don't, don't drag poor Russell Wilson. It was Russell Westbrook, Westbrook. Ta- taunting you. Poor Russell Wilson didn't do anything. Um, no, you know what they listen. should. You know what? Okay. If you're if you're the Browns, if you're the Browns, by the way, you know what you should do. Don't wait for 2022's off season. Go trade for Russell Wilson now. When that finger's right, he makes you into a legit Super Bowl contender. Waiting on Bake and his shoulder and whatever else is going on with him, Ooh. even when he's okay. 100% right, is not the answer. You get Russell Wilson now. I know that's bold thinking. I know it won't happen, but that's a good idea right there. Let's get into it, though, Hench, because we have a lot to cover here. Like I say, follow along all the fun at Minus 3 Pod. And you want to start us off with... Um, with some of your best bets, I mean, we can continue to talk about. I I completely agree with you that the reduction of it's funny because pro basketball has been reduced to you know spacing and three balls, penetrate, kick, and that's the game now. Baseball, we talked on extra points with cousin Sal. That weird manufacturing of um, of moving the guy over to 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 take like the best hitters on the planet can't figure out how to push the ball where, where the fielders ain't in the infield is a crazy thing. Baseball's become unsatisfying because like you always talk about it's, there are a couple of results that are going to happen now. It's, it's funny. 
And here we are with all its problems off the field and otherwise the juiciest thing going. And it's not just uh, limited to sports. Talk about TV, movies, politics, and otherwise, it's still football. Football's still where it's at. So let's talk about that. Start us off, Kevin Hench. Get into the best bets, and, uh, right. and here we well, go. Pay uh, attention, everybody. So it's funny that I was thinking, because like every other, you know. Wait, good- hold on. I have one question before anything, before we move on, because uh, you were talking about The Graduate, one of the all-time best. Eddie Spaghetti, have you ever seen The Graduate? You've asked me that question, and the answer is no. It still remains no. But I know Dustin Hoffman's did. I know what the plot is. You made me like pull a bunch of uh, sound clips for her before I've seen Photoshop. So, like, I, I get it. I'll, I'll well, eventually. Spaghetti. That's what's great about not having a memory is that I, is that I every conversation is a new for me. I, I like it. It's great. But Spaghetti, it, that Go doesn't ahead. make you look good to say this has already been brought to my attention as a major deficit in my education and I blew it off and still haven't seen it. The problem is I already know what happens. So it's like, I don't To me, it's like, I'm not sure if I really want to go. It's not fucking infinity war. It doesn't matter that you know what happens. It's a good, well-written movie uh, with with some spectacular. It's the journey. Um, and, and you'll uh, Henry, a, a subtle, it's subtle so genius, Buck it's Henry. So right, you know it's what? the great. You're young enough uh, to remember the time period that that when you graduate from college, like what the fuck are we going to do with our lives? It's 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 perfect. Great film. Um, it is great. But you know what? Let me just say this to you right back in defense of Spaghetti. I predict that Kevin Hench is not going to be seeing Doom. June, I, well, right? they, just, they deliver everything to my couch now. I, I mean, um, oh, okay, so you will, but maybe I don't know. It, a lot of it depends on uh, on the old lady. Would highly recommend not seeing that on HBO Max. That's the one movie I would really? not. I would not do that at home. Yeah, just because no, uh, you know, you know what's funny. I this never stops making me laugh as I, um, you know, continue to to learn Spanish um, for my eventual. Uh, fleeing of the country, but uh, Esposa, <laughs> me Esposa is my wife. Mm. Me's Esposas is my handcuffs. Esposa wife, Esposas handcuffs. Wow. And I'm like, they get it. They get it. Okay. Because obviously anytime <laughs> you guys say, are you going to watch? And then you fill in the blank with the movie. It's like, well, once you're, handcuffed to another human being like um the defiant ones tony curtis and Sidney poitier you're fucking handcuffed to somebody for the rest of your life um you don't get to go like do you want to you know it's like i want to watch dune or i want to you know i mean obviously what i really want to watch is the game but everything non-sports you have to you have to reach a consensus like by the way I asked my buddy, I go, you know, squid game, squid game, squid game. (laughs) I said, I didn't know anything about it. I said, um, is it violent? He just started laughing like, oh my God, you're, yeah, it's fucking slaughter. Like, I was like, oh, well, I'm not sure I want to take that in right before bedtime. Uh, But then, you know, the, 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 uh, me, me esposa was like, we got to watch. And so last night we watched the pilot, the, the first episode. And I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. I'll take that to bed. That's a fun, that's a fun <laughs> slaughter of, of innocence. Mm, that's fun. Maybe I'll have some fun dreams tonight. Anyway. That, that'll play like a docu. If it, if it were 2029 ish, it would basically play like a documentary. That's where we're, that's that where is we're where we're headed. And I like, 
I like that Henches. I like that Henches. <laughs> he ain't exactly Daniel Day Lewis. Like wherever you go, I will find you. At the end of <laughs> Last of the Mohicans, like, all right, I'll watch Squid Game with you. Oh, That's love. That's sake. romance. Right. If you'll shut up, <laughs> all right, let's watch, get into it. I'll watch Squid Game. Okay, so I, it's funny. Like <laughs> we, we always come back uh, to football as king because it's not close, mm. right? I mean, it's just the product is unbelievable. You know the. The sport, the athleticism, it's just there's nothing like football. But we were so close. Like during the championship series in the uh, in, in baseball, we really had incredible possibilities. Like, right, if the if the Dodgers and Red Sox got to do a rematch of the 2018 World Series, fantastic. If the Dodgers got a chance of avenging the Houston Cheaters from 2017 in a rematch once and for all, that would have been fantastic. Um, we end up with the fucking Houston Cheaters against the Atlanta Travis Tritts, and I could give a fuck. Like, I'm like, this is how this scene would play out in, in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Another movie. Spaghetti, have you seen it? One floor over the Cooper's I'll take a Saturday. I'll watch you it. You got a story. 70s double feature coming. Fucking peak Jack Nicholson. Unbelievable Jack Nicholson. So this is how it would go uh, today. McMurphy would go, it's the World Series, Nurse Ratchet. And then Nurse Ratchet would say, it's Astros Braves. And then McMurphy would go, oh, never mind. I'll just play chess with Chief in the corner. Because who gives a shit? Like, I do not know one neutral fan who gives a flying fuck about these two teams. I mean, I, I completely I agree. And you know what? I, I, off the top of my head, because that's one of my favorite subjects. It proves, you know, we can debate the existence of God. And I often invoke the, the, the sports gods. I'm not sure there are sports gods that would deliver this World Series to us when you had a Dodgers Astros rematch right there for the taking. It reminds me of the the, the ones off the top of my head. Super Bowl 14, the completion of the trilogy along with Ali and Frazier in the 70s. You could have had the Steelers and the Cowboys play a third game in 5 years. The two juggernauts would have been great instead the Rams defeat the Cowboys, then they beat the Bucks and they play the Steelers. It produces a fine Super Bowl, but still Steelers Cowboys would have been even better. Um Lemieux and the Penguins going for a third straight cup, getting to play Gretzky and the Kings in the 93 finals would have been sweet. 03, I think the best, the the quintessential one. Forgive me, Eddie Spaghetti, your Yankees reached the World Series, but then they were humiliated. They lost to the Florida Marlins. My goodness. Um, you could have had, at the time, this is before uh, Kevin Hench's Red Sox finally reached the mountaintop, four times and he's still belly aching about the Red Sox inexplicable but anyway and the Chicago Cubs who hadn't won a World Series that would have been the greatest World Series of all time because one team would have had to win that instead we got the Marlins and the hated Yanks I think that's the worst result I can think of I'm trying to think of any other ones that were I mean you know what you you surely um lament in 86 maybe the best Celtics team single season Celtics team not catching the Lakers to make things right in their ongoing back and forth and instead getting the Rockets. Right. Is that, is that well, the worst one for you? Um, you know, you probably have the same, maybe not, maybe you're, you're better adjusted than I am, but like, 
you know, I'm always rooting for the team that we have a better chance of beating. Like I'm always, you know. Yeah, I mean, no, I get it. I get in it. In fact. I'm assuming my team would have won, right. When the Red Sox were up 2-1 on the Astros, you know, I was, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any antipathy toward the Dodgers the way I hate the Lakers. You know, there's no, there's no Red Sox Dodgers hatred. So I was kind of rooting for the Dodgers. And then when the Braves, I was like, oh, wait a minute, the Red Sox could be in the World Series. Maybe we want the Braves to beat this juggernaut, uh, which they did, of course. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't, I'm not looking, um, as a neutral, I always want the marquee matchup. But as as a Boston fan, I always want the team that we have the best chance of beating. So in 86, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, but by the way, see, now I can go into my black and gold head. And of course, the worst one was when rookie Ben Roethlisberger would have been and it, it to this day still would uh, would be the only rookie quarterback to ever get to a Super Bowl. 15 and one Steelers. They beat the Patriots in the AFC title game if they had the yeah. the legit great patriots they beat that team on in one degree temperature i sat there i know if they beat that team they get to play the philadelphia eagles you get a keystone ball you end the patriots dynasty before it really gets on track instead the patriots in a snoozy super bowl where donovan mcnab throws up on the field he was so disgusted well, to be there it, it it that reminds me of 06 i believe when the if the Patriots don't get a too many men on the field penalty to thwart their final drive against the Colts after blowing a 21 right. lead and fucking Rex Grossman and the Bears are waiting in the Super Bowl like, oh, my God, you're going to get a bye in the Super Bowl. Like you're going to the winner of this game is going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, Patriots had 12 men in the huddle. Hey, hey guys, which well, one, which one I think- does not belong in this huddle? Well, I'm not going to be agnostic now because if the Patriots, of course, you got the D Ford, the football gods made it right for you then because D Ford lined up offside and, of course, deprived us of a more compelling Super Bowl, what appeared to be the rising Rams against the uh, potential dynasty Chiefs. And you mentioned Chief in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and there's some hand wringing there too. A lot of people. I do think that that's a good overarching message. Just relax. I know Aaron Rodgers said it a number of years ago, but I'm going to repeat it. First of all, Celtics, Lakers, just chill out. It's, I mean, you're five games into an 80-game season. I mean, people are doing that with NHL teams. What's wrong with the Leafs? What's wrong with the Leafs? I mean, there are a lot of games left, everybody. It's, we're, we're Halloween isn't here yet. Settle down. And so it goes with the Chiefs. Although, I do think there's some reason for concern. I don't think they're winning the division, at least. Although, the other side, as Jeff Schwartz and others argue with me about this online, I'm not saying that they're not going to the playoffs. I'm not saying that their offense isn't great. They're a deeply flawed team. So let's uh, stop pretending that because they've gone to or, or could have been in three straight Super Bowls that it, that uh, it's, a, it's a slap in the face to question whether or not they're, you know, whether or not they're a legit contender to win the Super Bowl this year. They have a garbage defense. They have an, a, an all-time atrocious but defense. Check you, that's a, I feel that's like a, a legit concern. You, you, you remind me of there was a financial analyst, a woman in Israel – who was the first person to go, these Bernie Madoff returns are not true. They're not true. Like she's, she, this is what she does for a living. She's like, when the S&P 500 has 499 companies that are in the red, he's showing, he's his, his fund is winning. She's like, this is bullshit. And she got criticized. 
she got called an anti-Semite, even though she's Jewish. Like, you just don't want to see Jews succeed. Like, what are you talking about? This guy's full of shit. She was like the North Star. Like, she's like, she figured it out. Mm -hmm. You're the first person who said the Chiefs are in trouble. You were saying this in July. Like, you were the very, you were the guy who's like, they're not going to win that division. Look at their schedule. You you were, you know, Nostra Sheck. You had it all laid out. So, like, now I feel like you're you're not vacillating, but like you got to double down on your genius. You got to fucking take a victory lap. Uh, you know, you're right. You I say, like, My self-esteem gets in the way. You're right. You're I, I guess I get low and I want saying that they that they were not going to win that division. You know, every I had them in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm, I'm still losing money on them. Probably will this week. Although I like the over against Spaghetti's uh, Spaghetti's Giants. I mean, this is crazy. Well, that's we'll, we'll get to the picks. I can't this thing because Marty Weiss said on extra points. He's like, how are the Chiefs giving ten to anybody? I said, well, then go ahead and bet ten thousand dollars on uh, on the Giants uh, plus ten. There's no way anybody's going to do that. I mean, the Chiefs. It's it's still scary, and you're right though, Hench. I appreciate your support. Someone with a stronger spine like you. Needs to needs to help out uh, weak knee Damashek here. My self esteem gets in the way, and I'm like, well, I just it's nuance. It's not that I think they're just complete junk. I think the Chargers are better, but you're right. What wins in in our age now is black and white. I'm a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. I told then, you the so Chiefs right. would suck. They're the worst team in football history. That's how you got to chop it up. Um, you're right. So you're uh, right. And somebody wore his hat backwards. So shame the devil. Eddie Spaghetti can never win a championship with his hat on backwards. You're hurting minus three Spaghetti with that backwards hat. Nobody's taking us seriously. You want to be the CEO of minus three? Hey, uh, hey. Sheck always does this, you know, and so he he always puts a funny name uh, on his little window on the on the on the Zoom screen yard <laughs> thing. And so but, but I'm assuming most people are listening so they don't know that Sheck has named himself Chris Fuamata Maafala this week. But uh, Sheck, just for just to remind me, that's the guy who celebrated being a, a yard short of the first down. That like just just uh, uh, no, no 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 that wasn't that wasn't in New Orleans a couple few years it ago. It wasn't Fumatu. No, that was um. Oh, was he forty? I'm was he forty-five? The fullback. Was he forty-five? All right. Boy, I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. I can't. Okay. Think, I can't think. It was of the just a great, it was just a year great ago. moment of a guy fucking celebrating. No, as a matter of fact, though, his signature moment in black and gold was in a playoff game against the Cleveland Browns. Look how it all comes full circle. We'll see you, Bake, or Case, on Sunday in Cleveland. I'll give you a pick on that okay, one. Okay, and I'll, I, think, I think we're going to agree on that one. But, uh, okay, now this is going to sound crazy, uh, given what a what a killing machine the Bucks have looked like against the Bears and, and continue to look like, but... I like the Saints plus six at home against the Bucks, And it's a weird reason, you know, so, you know, bet it or wow. go the other way. But the Bucks schedule is so easy the rest of the way. They, they have a tough game against the Bills and it is smooth sailing. Like that team is winning 13 or 14 games. So when you look at the schedule, you're like, well, they're not going to cover every, you got to look, you got to go, when are they not going to cover? And 
you know, obviously going from Geno Smith to Tom Brady, a little bit steeper climb for the defense. But watching Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, that defense flies to the ball. And I feel like the Saints uh, have a, have one player on offense and a very good defense. And I think that they're going to keep it close. So I, I like the Saints plus six. Um and then you know what I do? It's so funny. It's- I that one spooks me. Before you bounce off of that one, I just want to say I am with you on the Saints, and I have been since August because of the overall ros- roster. If you have an abject bum at QB, then you're in trouble. I don't think Jameis is that. Although I will say my confidence in him was dented by the performance on Monday night against a crummy Seahawks defense. Although, can you maybe string something together with Pete Carroll? you know, alleged defensive wizard, two straight pretty good performances. Not like the Steelers are a powerhouse offense themselves, but that was two pretty good performances by the defense that to that point in the season had been garbage. Maybe the Seahawks are low. Anyway, I, I don't know about this game. I definitely am in on the Saints the rest okay. of the way. Look at the well, NFC standings and you think like we could throw dirt on some teams. We could like, ah, I, I said the spaghetti the other day and he laughed, but Two win Giants are not out of anything. They could get, I'm not, they're not going to win the division, but they could get a wild card. You know, the, the bot, it's top heavy. There's some real good teams in the NFC that'll stack up with the, the top end teams yeah. in the AFC, but it runs out after four the or seven, five. And then the it's like, seven seed wait, the Saints and the Panthers and the Giants are going to be like these teams are the one of those teams getting a wild card. The And by the way, Saints are getting back Michael Thomas soon. This, and now they have Mark Ingram. Back in there. The so, seventh seed anyway. in the NFC is going to be a bad team. Um, the it, yes. it was funny watching that uh, that Saints Seahawks game. Spaghetti. Uh, Adam Sandler's bit about Wilt Chamberlain. Have you ever heard Sandler's bit about Wilt Chamberlain? Uh, put, I, I guess I'm over three today with reference. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Okay, you're young. Put it on the list. But Sandler does this. Inc- he doesn't know who Will Chamberlain is either. He's never Sandler heard of him. Sandler does this incredible bit of, about the dialogue during a timeout late in the game that Chamberlain scores 100. And he, it's, just, it's just perfect. But the coach goes, uh, who's guarding Wilt? <laughs> He's got 92 points. Like, you got to get on him a little tighter. Like, it's a great. The whole bit is incredible. But I was have I was flashing back on that Sandler bit Monday night when the Seahawks defense had to be like, hey, uh, who's got Kamara? Like, they have one guy. They have one guy. He's not running a pattern. He's just floating into the flat. There's no one near him. Like, Everyone should be running to Kamara. They have nothing. They have nothing. He's open on every play. It's like every check down, every Texas route over the middle, everything. He's wide up. He never makes a contested catch the whole game. It's their entire offense. Anyway, it uh, it, it reminds- the weirdest one. The weirdest example of that was to me that always bangs around in my head is. Steve Smith in a certain window there when when Masin Muhammad wasn't in Carolina anymore. And yet when, when people want to debate about whether or not 89 is a Hall of Famer, I laugh like okay, I, I have never seen a guy running so wide open so often. And of course, like you just said, it's like, who else is on this team? Who, 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 who's, who's yeah. occupying your attention while Steve Smith is 50 yards behind everybody? What in hell? Anyhow, him. Um, okay. So, so I, I like the, that Saints defense to keep it close. Um, 
you know, I was thinking, it was like, I was thinking about teasers and I, I do a teaser pretty much every week. And I was thinking like, they're, they're, they're probably bad bets. You know, all the, all the sharps say it's dumb, but it, it occurred to me why I think it's, it's money well, well lost, well spent, well invested. You know, the VIG is your price of admission to get into the club, right? You're saying like, okay, I'm going to pay this percentage for the privilege of betting on this game. When you when you bet a teaser, it's like when you used to go to the movies and then you would spend the whole day there walking into other movies. Like you're getting you're getting to see three movies for your price of admission, um, and you're teasing these games, you know, all in 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 a certain direction. So so this week, my teaser this week. Just don't get kicked out of the first movie because you brought in a couple of uh, of pounds, sixteen ounce beers. <laughs> well, like you get caught there, the whole day can be ended. That's, that's the problem. Don't lose the first leg of the when teaser. That's when all. your bottle, your empty bottle of beer, hit you hit it with your foot and it rolls all the way to the front of the theater. Like <laughs> yeah, that, sorry, my bad. Um, so this week's teaser, and again, so you're paying the vig once. And then you've got juice on on three games and you're getting 10 points. Okay, so Bengals to beat the Jets. Uh, You know, that's that's easy. That's where it starts. Bengals to beat the Jets. Right now, last week, I had a fucking all time teaser victory and I had a bad week, as as everybody knows uh, in, in our world. But the the Rams giving 16 and a half. I teased it down to six and a half. Um, they're, they're losing by six to the Lions, fourth and less than one at the 31. The, the computer might say, go for it there. You could lose if this field goal gets blocked or if you miss it. But And so we were watching like what's going to happen. McVay sends the kicker out. They win by nine. I win that teaser. Uh, this week, the Rams giving 14 and a half on the road to the Texans. I'm like, they didn't play well last week against the Lions. Are they going to, they're not going to have another dud. Tease that down to four and a half. That's not going to be a one score game. Um, so now you got the Bengals money line, basically Rams minus four and a half. So we just need one more. Okay. This one you can't lose. You can go either way on, but Chargers, are giving five to the Patriots. Um, So you could tease that to plus five. When the Patriots went in there last year and beat the Chargers 45 to nothing, that little punch in the mouth, Chargers won their last four games after that. They're eight and two since that. Chargers got punched in the mouth by the Ravens last time out. I love the Chargers to bounce back you know, remembering what Cam Newton and the Patriots did to them last year. And so you can tease that to plus five chargers. And then you got action on the Bengals jets. You got all your screens going, you got action, you got action on the Rams Texans and you got action, you got action on the Patriots chargers. So, so that's my teaser. Um, I, I believe I like it and I'm with you on the chargers, even though it goes against one of my, you know, it's in pencil, but like hard to erase kind of pencil is that trends between two teams usually matter, uh, you know, not, not over 10 years. I'm not doing the, uh, you know, the, the hairy rule. 
uh, that, you know, beloved Harry who cites things that happened 27 years ago, um, but as though it applies to the here and now. But I, that does spook me. I'm, I'm all on the Chargers, as you know, for the season. I don't have any stats to back this up. This is more of a gut thing. But, like, when you see a game like 45 to nothing, right, Gunnar Olszewski scoring touchdowns, like what – like literally everything went the same direction. Every coin flip came up to – you know, like it's like, okay – don't you feel like the law of balance, like the Patriots literally got every break uh, and, you know, and the Chargers are going to come into that. 45 nothing's a lot of breaks. 45's a lot of breaks right. to get. I, I hear what you're saying completely. Like I say, I agree with you about all that. I'm quite sure the Bills do not want to catch the Titans in January. That, I mean, once you get to a certain place, like I one of the one of the dumbest cliches, in sports is, and you see it a lot in college basketball, like, uh, hey, that, or sometimes now in pro football too, like the team that won twice during the regular season sees them again in the postseason, and they're like, whew, hard to beat the same team three times in one season. You know what's even harder is losing the first two and somehow convincing yourself like, oh, third time will be the charm. Yeah, th- yeah, we just got unlucky those for this. This will be the one. But anyhow, I- I'm with you, guys, okay. the Chargers. And I'll, is the I'll, correct I'll, pick there, I'll and I'm on. wait for to chime in on the Steelers Browns for your your picks but um because it is the World Series Nurse Ratchet I guess we have to pretend it's happening um the the Astros are 8 and 4 in the playoffs this year in their 8 wins they are winning by an average of 6 runs a game so i say go to FanDuel FanDuel offering Astros in game 3 minus a run and a half Plus 152. So you you don't have to worry about the Astros winning a close game. They're going to lose or they're going to blow them out. That's what the Astros do. So you might as well get that nice, that nice return on your on your hundred dollars. Plus 152, Astros minus one and a half in game three in the World Series that I literally like find myself drifting away from during the game like a pitching change will happen and i'll go watch some regular season basketball half an hour will go by and i'll go oh shit i I forgot about the world series because i fucking hate these teams so much but anyway i I will say this this. i'll tell you it's sad it's a sad confession that's exactly where i am i'm like oh yeah the world's oh yeah yeah y'all check in and in fact my wife said to me and one of the rare because you can't cash every single offer you can't just say this is an important game that I have to. I mean, it, it, that goes a long way when your when your profession yeah. happens to be talking about sports. But once in a while, you got to give a little bit. You know, you got to give a little slack. And she saw me watching the world. So she said, "I'll, I'll go give uh, the kids their bath if you have to watch this." And I said, "No, I'm all right. I'm all right. I, I'll, I'll go give them their bath because this earns me yeah. another one, a get out of bath free card in the future." By the way, so anyhow, just, yeah, just so, I mean, I'm sure you guys have figured this out, but. It's the only reason I'm doing this podcast is so I can say to Heather, I got to watch, I got to watch this game. It's the, uh, it's the fifth game in the Celtics season. It's pretty important that I, I'm ready for the podcast. You know, I got the podcast. I got to you want to, you want yeah, me to get yeah, hung out I to know, dry right, by Dave know. Damashek? Have you ever you've yeah. met Dave Damashek? He's smart yeah. as a whip. I can't not watch. Uh, <laughs> How would I keep up with that guy if if not if I don't watch um, these games? So uh, yeah, so 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 I, I like the Astros minus a run and a half plus one fifty two on Fanduel. 
Um, and, uh, and then I, I think we're going to agree. This will be a nice segue, like a fucking well-produced segue. I think we're going to agree on Steelers plus three and a half. Take it away, Sheck. I wish I could do that, Hench. I, I'm too close to it. You know, it's like I'm a Supreme Court guy. I got to like, I've got to recuse myself. Are you not going to pick that game at all? My feelings that's about not it. Your, that's not on your... I mean, I'm going to pick the Steelers. I'm saying best no, bet. I, mean, I can't do not, it as a best bet. best bet. I have to recuse myself. I have to recuse my dollars from it. I, I'm too close to it. Don't you understand? I'm involved here. I'm in deep. What are the... Now, are the um, I will say... Well, I'll, I'll well give you. hold on. Well, maybe maybe uh, maybe I'm missing something, but the the Browns are are benching their better quarterback, right? Case Keenum? No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know which so way you were going there. Yeah. I mean, if you saw the video of him. I, I like the Steelers plus three and a half against the Browns' lesser quarterback. Aren't they turning themselves into a pretzel about Baker Mayfield? And it's noble, I guess, on some level, or fear of getting Wally pipped. And there are different ways to get Wally pipped. If you get Wally pipped like Drew Bledsoe did by the guy who ends up being the GOAT, okay. If you get Wally pipped like Wally pipped did for Lou Gehrig, Okay, you get Wally Pipp for Case Keenum. Sheesh, maybe you shouldn't have had the gig in the first place. He's got one arm. I mean, he's throwing the ball as though... Oh, well, they're, they're bad jokes. I, well, make, I won't make. But anyhow, he 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 looks absurd. Making a, what are you going to do? You're going to put him out there? And it's not like, can he get any worse, though? Like, I mean, the, what's done is done. Like, I don't know. Is it is it appropriate to expose him to severe pain of... Uh, of a 300 pound man falling on him on purpose. I mean, well, what, what exactly is going to be, what do you suppose yeah, the so, Steelers are going to try to do early in that game? Other than, yeah, smack so him? I, you know, I mean, I, you know, I like the points in that game. Um, I feel like the Browns are, are just limited. And the funny thing about watching case Keenan manage that game against the Broncos was like, he was making good decisions and was, so aware, like sort of aware of his own limitations, which is not something I think Baker Mayfield is aware of his own limitations, even when right. he's healthy. His limitations are growing as speaking of pretzels, that's what his glenoid and labrum look like on the MRI. Like his he's got his his shoulder is like this is a career threatening problem if your shoulder just falls off twice a game. So um so like watching Keenum by, by the way, there was a play in that Browns, that Browns Broncos that. game that still Keenum runs scrambles up the middle inside the five on fourth down. Case Keenum. Okay, this is not uh, a, a an athletic guy. He scrambles up the middle. Both Broncos safeties have a free shot at him. So at that point, when you freeze the camera, it's like, oh, my God, how long is Case Keenum going to be in the hospital? Like he's going to he is squared up and he's not sliding. He's leaning into this. The first safety just bounces off him like this guy's a starting safety in the NFL. What just happened? The second safety swoops in and Keenum carries him two yards for the first down. I'm like, what just happened? What just happened? This guy's supposed to be out of the game um, and, and 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 it's first and goal. And I was like, you know, I mean, Keenum has, has a checkered career, but I was watching that game and I'm like, I do legitimately think 
he gives them a better chance to win, um, which which is why I'm on the Steelers this week. Well, good bake is, you know, is a difference maker. Bad bake is a difference maker. That's the issue with the Browns. And, um, uh, you know, it is kind of, I guess the analogy is, it's kind of like when you have a face like Damashek has, ruggedly handsome and all that. It's, you know, like, that's what you want out of the Browns QB. With that roster, like, it's the equivalent of my mouth. Like, Dave, don't let the mouth get you into trouble. Just let the let the rugged good looks do all the talking and the ladies will swoon. Um, same thing. Case Keenum gets it. You know, that boot action that, that he's capable of running is good enough with that run game, with that offensive line, and with that defense. That's what scares me. It's a, you know, the Steelers are supposed to. The thing, the recurring point I make about the Steelers until they change something about this is that the defense is supposed to carry the day. Whether or not that's a wise thing to to go into a season attempting to do or for, uh, uh, you know, a short era, like, well, we're defense dominant. That's how we're going to win pro football games. Whether or not that's a, a, a savvy plan, the way the game is going now with, you know, if you're a halfway decent quarterback, you're probably going to be able to get off most days. Um, so I, wa- I worry that, Chubb, it sounds like he's going to play. Is he going to be able to make hay against uh, against the Steelers' allegedly great defense that has not exactly been consistently great this season? Okay. That's my concern. I am still taking the Steelers. And I will say, too, that I get the sense that most of the pap that comes out of locker rooms week in and week out about, like, oh, it's a revenge game for whoever— I do get a sense that Mike Tomlin's fiery response, even though I don't get it, to his name being floated to high-end college programs that would pay him $8 million or whatever they would pay him annually, that this was an insult to Mike Tomlin. I'm not sure I exactly get it. I get the premise of what he's saying, that you wouldn't do that to white guys, but I I think that it lacks, uh, you know, there, there's obvious evidence out there that that's not true that you know sean payton's been chased or his name's been floated (laughs) and they were more like casual wishes by guys tied to the program like carson palmer thinking you know who would be a great motivator given the way he comports himself uh to to lead these kids and recruit and it's hard to argue mike tomlin would be the best college football coach in the country right based on the his the you know the way he motivates people out from what we see at least you say no to that Eddie Spaghetti I think he would recruit the hell out of Eddie why would he country. why would Mike Tomlin and same thing with why Ryan would Mike Clark? Tomlin step in and all of a sudden have more power with recruiting than like Nick Saban does that makes no sense I got I got okay I got, well uh, maybe I was hyperbolic with Nike Nick Saban but I'm just saying LSU LSU wouldn't no. be better and a perennial power. With Mike I don't Tomlin? think that just because you're good in the NFL translates to you having a foothold in college football recruiting. I I don't agree with that. Oh, I think if Mike Tomlin or any other successful NFL coach went to a, a, a powerhouse college school and said, listen, I know, I know what it takes to get to the next level. I have all sorts of connections. You come with me and I'll make sure you get the best possible shot at playing and getting paid millions of dollars to do it if you do it my way. It's not an insult. I get what he's thinking. Like, I'm not going to, why would I ever leave? But it wasn't like the athletic director from LSU like reached out and he said, like, what, what the hell are you doing? It was like, a, uh, you know, Ryan Clark, a f- alum who knows Mike Tomlin saying like, boy, 
I love my Bayou Tigers and the best coach I can think of who well, would turn that team like, around is my old coach. I don't get why that's an insult, but I, it's not okay, an fine. insult, I'm not gonna get but in my we comments. live in a time where everything well, has to be an insult. You have to be a victim at all times. And I think Tomlin should be better than that. Hey man, if you went, you, you could write your own ticket as a college football coach. You could make $8 million a year. Hey, back off racist. Fucking what I don't know what is happening. Like it's like obviously it's a compliment. How are you pissed? Anyway, all right. I guess if you're not aware of the other of your peers and that they have in fact been courted and that Urban the Steelers from be the outside looking USC in don't by December. Like it's like of course, like I know I I get, but I I guess I get it if you're looking at the Steelers and thinking like boy they're going to be a mess for a couple of years here and everything. Maybe you want to get out of there. You can see that Stephen A's response was over the top, shockingly. He's usually very measured about these things. But this is the same guy to charge somebody with it. This is racist when he admitted when he self-owned and said, I've never watched Ohio State and their Heisman tracking quarterback Dwayne Haskins play. So I'll just assume he's a running quarterback. I mean, like, I mean, who's who's stereotyping? <laughs> you know, it's a it, anyhow. Right. Um, but check you for whatever reason, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the that the, what's come out of the locker room as a result of this, the Steelers are super motivated. They're super jazzed by Tomlin's statement, and they're proud to be Steelers. I don't for what that matters. I and I'm sure the Browns are kind of with with the both of us kind of like it's cool you want to do this bake and you want to be a gamer but like why don't you hey why don't you why don't you sit this one out man uh you know you're hurting our playoff chances because if they if if they lose this one they're getting pretty far away from the team the ohio team that wear, wears orange helmets that we- the browns were supposed to do it but all of a sudden now the Bengals are doing it and and they and the ravens are getting far away you're in the basement. You're at some point, as I always point out, the baseball standings are where this seems to make sense. You're better off to be eight games back of one team in the baseball standings than you are three teams uh, at being back four games of three teams. It's just the math is hard to catch up to that many teams. So the Browns need this one. The Steelers, if they consider themselves realistic uh, um, division contenders, both teams really have to have it. It spooks me. That's why I'm not putting any money. It's not a best bet. But okay. those are my thoughts on but that. I you, do think that the Steelers feel motivated. You stumbled on something that is so is delighting me, which is, um, by the way, Spaghetti. When Sheck talks about his rugged good looks, like he believe he thinks he's good looking. Like he, th- it sounds like it's like it's like it. It sounds like a bit like that's kind of how he's protecting himself. Like he's, you know, basically what he's saying is I'm fucking handsome. Deal with it. But he's trying to make it like a little slight bit of a joke so that people don't really get like. But look at him, like the Mark fucking, Marin without the bad attitude. Yeah, but he passes the eyeball test. Like he's a fucking handsome guy. But then he starts to talk. And I mean, now we need to start, we really need to start looking for other examples in pop culture and sports, guys who are physically attractive, who become less attractive when that fucking voice hits the lady's (laughs) ear. Because I think like Shaq might be the leader in the clubhouse, like fucking a still picture of Shaq, a still picture of Shaq is peak Shaq. That's the best Shaq's ever going to look is a fucking still picture that can't talk. Then he goes on the date and this fucking sound hits you 
uh, this fucking tortured platypus. Like, I don't even know how to describe I it. Get, I get what you're saying. So it's like the Gilbert Gottfried, but Shaq's better exactly. looking. So, I mean, yeah. He was handsome. Like, yeah, yeah. Gilbert Gottfried looked like Gary Cooper, but sounded like Gilbert Gottfried. That's like Shaq. Shaq goes, how many times has this happened to Shaq where he's like, he's in line at the grocery store and he's, you know, and they make eye contact and she's like, this could, this could end up in my Camry in the parking lot. And then he talks. He ranks fruit at the grocery store and the woman says, no, thanks. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. All right. You don't want that gala. You don't want that gala. I Not mean, with the Honeycrisp, babe. They're in so, season, babe. Like, Hi, I'm so Dave. So it's so funny that most of the people consuming Sheck are only taking in his worst attribute. Like, you know, most people can't. One, you're, one, you're a terrible, mean-spirited person I'm who I don't feel better handsome. about himself after that, that attack. And I just said you're gorgeous. And the you greatest compliment. You're like Mike Tomlin. I say you're gorgeous and you're like, you're mean. What, what, what is going on? Here's what I'll say. The, the greatest compliments, and, and they're kind of paradoxical, is when people hit me up, they'll see me somewhere and they'll be like, whoa, I did not think that that's what you looked like. After listening to you for as long as I've listened to you, that's what you look like? I was like, what did you expect? Like, older? Shorter, like you know, less attract. Like I'm not, I, 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 I'm not actually considering myself handsome. But whatever I got going, whatever I got. And the other compliment is when I've met Pittsburgh Steelers and otherwise, and they go like, "Man, you sound a lot like Myron Cope." Has anybody ever told you that? They mean it as an insult, but it's anything but to me. The gold standard. Look, there he is, right there. Myron Cope's right behind me there, hanging on the wall. Now, uh. Just as a reminder, I am like Medusa. You know how what Medusa does to to fellows. When they made eye contact with Medusa, they turned to stone. When I make eye contact with women, they turn to mush. (laughs) Now, to continue with my best bets, I'm tempted to go with the Florida Gators. I got it right the first time they hosted a powerhouse team in Bama. They almost won that game. Here comes Georgia. But Will Brinson, our guest earlier this week, in a great rangy conversation, go back and listen to that if you want to hear about college football and pro football and all the rest of it. He's a great uh, a great listen, Brinson is. He spooked me sufficiently. He said, you cannot bet against Georgia again. It, what, what, however many points are given, not enough. So stay away from that one. Ohio State hosting Penn State. Penn State plus 18 and a half. That feels real heavy to me against Penn State, who was way up there in the rankings, what, a fortnight ago or whatever it was, it's not going to be enough. The Buckeyes are rolling. Penn State, a mess. James Franklin, basically, as much as a coach will ever acknowledge, yeah, I'm listening, is like, oh, I'm, I'm whatever he said, what did he say? Uh, I'm fiercely loyal to Penn State, but there are a lot of moving parts. Like, what does well, that his mean? Biggest, what his does biggest that mean, error James? was he said he was looking ahead to... Uh, there are a lot of moving parts. He was looking ahead to Illinois when they have Ohio State in the schedule. His brain's not with it anymore, so he's he's out of Penn State for sure. There are a lot of moving parts. Um, not enough against Illinois at home. That team stinks and you lost to them. Ohio State lays waste to them by at least three touchdowns. Ohio State, that is a best bet. Another one I wish I could touch, but I can't is Pitt, mighty Pitt, perhaps on their way to a Final Four. But if you've been a Pitt fan for any amount of time, you can't give nine and a half points to the U. The Canes, we're going to give nine and a half to them. 
they give up a ton of points. The over is maybe the better play there. Um, but I'm spooked. I can't, I can't touch that game. I know people will say, Pitt should annihilate that team. Yeah, they should. But they also just beat Clemson, and they're 19 years of age, and it's hard after a signature victory like that to then get up for another team that stinks. They don't care about the U's history. The U will show up and give them a game. I'm not going to touch it, though, because I'm loyal to the Pitt Panthers. So these are my non-bets. These are all my non-bets, by the way. Um, Although I did, Ohio State is a legit one. The sad line of the week that I feel we have to mention, and it's not even the Eagles against Detroit. A measly three points is all we're talking about. You're playing the Lions, and if the number three appears, you should be embarrassed. So, too, should the Seattle Seahawks against the Jaguars. They're minus three against the Jaguars. Sheesh, these teams that were borderline people thought, well, maybe playoff teams. This is uh, this is an embarrassment. Um, I'm with you on the Chargers, uh, minus four and a half hosting the New England Patriots. I'm spooked, as I mentioned, uh, about the result last year. That's the only thing that gives this me is any like, pause. Sounds like you're a, and this is a This is a perfect – I don't even know if we call this a, a set of advice. I don't know what you're doing, but it is a perfect set of picks for Halloween because every game spooks you. You're, you so far you've just announced you're spooked by every line. Not helpful to Thank our you. faithful listeners. Did you were you were you said that that the Seahawks should be ashamed of that line, but then you didn't pick a team. I'm just alerting you to weird lines. What have I told you? I don't like touching games that have two crumb bum teams in them. How would I possibly divine which crappy team's going to be a little well, less crappy I, on a given Sunday? This is my theory. I don't I understand think, betting on I those I think games. the Geno effect is starting to be cumulative. I would take the field goal in that game. I think it's hard for the other guys who've been playing out of their minds to keep games close against the Steelers, um, against the Saints, to go, oh, shit, this is exhausting because we cannot move the fucking ball. So I... I yeah, but to my point, but but to my earlier point about the crumb bum teams, the head coach of the other side had his thumb in a random tuchus a couple weeks ago. I don't know. They're both a mess. I don't How would anybody feel uh, confident leaning when in either direction? So what I am puritanical. God, I can't unwind. <laughs> I'm not opposed. Yeah, I can't. I want to make it clear. I don't care where his thumb was. I, I it was the it was everything around it that was oh, absurd. He put his thumb. That's why. He that's in, in why God gave us opposable thumbs. Yes, I'm, I'm not. Uh, listen, I the herb. Listen, man. Do you put your digits Live wherever your you life. feel like Live it's your all, life. You know? Oh my God! All I'm right. not weighing in on. Yeah, we I got the rest of got it. Ohio so, State. And I think the shell game, I think the, I think Goodell's shell game is really working to great. Uh, I mean, better than he could have imagined. Like Deshaun Watson, you want to talk about that? Sorry. Got to talk about the, uh, the WFT emails. Oh, unless you want to talk about Herb's thumb. He's got, he's, he's uh, flooded the zone as they say. Now the pick I do feel confident in, and now you're not going to be happy, Hench, cause I'm not taking your advice here. Chiefs minus 10. I like the Giants. I think that the I think that uh, Danny Dimes is proving some stuff to people this year. But I mean, how how far is this going to get now? I, I don't think the Chiefs stink. I just don't think they're winning their division and I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. That doesn't there. There is something in between. And that is a double digit victory against the Giants on Monday Night Football. Those are okay. my best bets. Eddie Spaghetti. spaghetti. Shoot. 
All right. So I have uh, one NFL pick, one college football pick, and one NHL pick. Although I will, if the Knicks keep playing like this, give them. If the Knicks keep playing like this, I really think I'm going to start giving a lot of NBA picks because it's been uh, quite surprising. But I'll I'll start off with my NFL pick here, and I'm taking the Titans getting points, getting two points at the Colts. I know a lot of people this week love the Colts in this one. Titans already beat the Colts number one. Uh, In my mind, the Colts, uh, the Titans have some of the best quality wins this year. Obviously, beating the Bills. Um, and, and beating the Chiefs, they beat the uh, Seahawks on the road early in the year at Seattle, which, you know, before Russell Wilson's injury and when teams was kind of still shaking off that rust. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has been playing great. Tennessee Titans defense is top 10 versus the run. Uh, you know, I, I said early, you know, probably late August, early September that I did like the Titans to make a Super Bowl run. They were my AFC pick. So I want to kind of stand by with them. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get too prisoner of the moment and, and freak out about the Titans, you know, being banged up the last few weeks and, and the Colts uh, playing much better, which they have been. But I, I still like the Titans this week. Got to move on to my college football pick here. This one is so strange to me. So I was getting three and a half points uh, versus Wisconsin. The game is at Camp Randall. It, normally, any other year, we'd be like, oh, man, Wisconsin, Camp Randall, like it's going to be crazy jump around but they already lost multiple times at home they lost to michigan they lost to penn state who by the way iowa beat penn state look if, if i didn't blow the game versus purdue and it, and it was a bad loss but uh and which purdue got into the top 25 so i guess not really that bad but if they didn't lose that game i was still in the mix right now for being a top team in the country in a college football playoff spot they're still ranked ninth wisconsin's not ranked wisconsin doesn't really have many quality wins they did actually beat uh, Purdue, Wisconsin, but that game and the total in that game is like 16 points. Like, I actually think it's like 36. There's going to be no points scored. Mertz is going to turn the ball over. Iowa's offense hasn't been great, but there's no reason to to focus too much on one loss. Iowa still has a pretty good, uh, a few good wins and the strength of schedule uh, compared to what Wisconsin's done. It's, you know, it's not really comparable. So I like was, uh, Iowa getting three and a half points uh, in a very, very, very low scoring game there in the Big Ten. And my NHL pick, and this is not me picking on the Blackhawks because of uh, what's going on lately. Obviously, some miserable news coming out of there, but uh, they're winless and the Hurricanes uh, are, have won all five of their games they played. I love the Hurricanes team. I've talked about them in the uh, minus three NHL preview with the AO guys. Uh, me and Meatballs have talked about it. Uh, I think they're a dark horse team that could really go pretty far. Uh, they have the second most wins behind Florida in the whole Eastern Conference, and Chicago is not very good. Everyone knew Chicago was going to be pretty bad, so when they're playing uh, Friday, I'm guessing they're going to be giving a goal and a half to Hurricanes, and I, I love them in that matchup. You know what's crazy about the NHL? Yeah, the Hawks are the Hawks are an uh, embarrassment right now. I mean that that story is darkness. Um, the the crazy thing, you know, they've been they've been saying like, you know, Gretzky put this number out there, eight hundred and ninety four, right? And you're like, okay, well that's that's a cartoon, like eight hundred and ninety four goals, you know. And the Russian machine has just been fucking potting goals, potting goals, and then like you're like, okay, Ovechkin's thirty six. But you're you're he's a uh, 159 goals he needs to uh, to break it right he's he's at he's at 736 I think but uh, he leads the league in goals and points this year so the, when you're trying to figure out can he get to 894 you're you are naturally factoring in a decline phase so you're like okay well he's going to drop off. Like he has to average 32 goals a year. Uh, no, yeah, he was he need 156, 157, uh, 159. But so you're like, can he score 32 goals a year for five years? But 
he might score 50 this year. You know, it's it's getting not crazy. Um, do you guys think Ovechkin can get there? Yeah. I, I it surprises me that it's so heavily debated whether or not he's going to. Uh, to me, it's it it I mean, I wouldn't bet uh eight thousand dollars on it, but I feel pretty confident he's gonna get there because First of all, this is kind of a diminishing team. Not so far, but we're still early. I, I th- Their age is going to catch up with them. I continue to say that about the Caps, but we'll see about that. But that would be the best thing for Ovechkin, is for them to be able to set aside, we, we really need this one, we got to play it tight. Like, yeah, just uh, put it on Ovi's stick. Like, let's set him up at the top of the circle and let him hammer away and, and chase that record. And if the Caps decide that's not in their interest, then doesn't Ovi go somewhere where he will be able to do that? Doesn't you send him to the Kraken or somewhere like that, some irrelevant uh, cup contender that that would just allow him to achieve the record? I, I, I'm surprised that it's like, I don't know. a lot of goals, there, man. He's um, gonna get there. but uh, I, I, I'm starting to think he gets there just because there's no sign that the Russian machine is going to break. Like, it's, it's nuts. Hey, he would be... I don't like him. I, I mean, I, I don't like. have no opinion of him personally. I'm not obviously an OV or Capitals fan as a Penguins guy. And a Crosby, the greatest player of the generation, obviously as great as Ovechkin is, Crosby is still better than he is. But Ovechkin, had he been in the league in eight, you know, like from 80 oh to 86 ish, when, you know, Mike Gartner regularly was throwing 50 goals in and every, and, and, and guys of that level, I mean, Ovechkin really might have scored 100 goals. He really might have scored 100 he goals. Would have, he would or at have least, you know, goals. he would have scored 95. If he had played in that era. Um, hey, before we... Imagine that brute beating the crap out of... Every, there would be no defenseman that could hang with him. He, he would blow by anybody. He'd bang with anybody. I mean, they were all six feet yeah. tall back then, you know? He would have, he would have destroyed... <laughs> John Sweeney them. is six feet... So would Crosby. Don Sweeney's too, 60 pounds lighter than Ovechkin. All right, we got to pick the Dallas and Minnesota game as well on Sunday night. FanDuel, as you know, very excited about pro football being here, just like we are. And that's why FanDuel is giving new customers 25 to 1 odds on any touchdown scored in the games. That means you can end the NFL Sunday right by winning $125 on a $5 bet. We love FanDuel for so many reasons. It's the number one rated sportsbook app in America for a reason. Easy to use, safe and secure, fast payouts. Now accepting Venmo. How about that? Um, I think Eddie Spaghetti laid on me. What do you think here? We could do a, a same game parlay with this one. The Cowboys up in one of the two Twin Cities. Cowboys giving a point and a half. I'm going to take the road team here. I like Dallas. The total on it is 55 the Vikings and the Cowboys have decent defenses. Both teams, I think, would like to run the ball, or some a little bit more than than uh, other would-be contenders. I'm going to say under the 55, and I like Zeke getting into the end zone. Does that sound like a good uh, same-game parlay to you? Uh, I like Dallas to win the game. I've, if I had to go with the over or under here, I mean, there have been a couple of games where the Vikings have scored 30-plus. Uh, I could see the Vikings scoring a mm. decent amount on this uh, very opportunistic Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of points definitely on Dallas' side, but I could see definitely 
the Vikings uh, scoring a bunch here too. If you want touchdown scorers, um, you know, if, if the Vikings even is going to be focusing on the receivers, especially CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, you got to think Zeke may score and you got to look at the, the tight end scoring too for uh, uh, Schultz scoring for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you, you know, they're going to they have yeah, Dalton Schultz on. Yeah, they have guys all over the field. Somebody's got to be open. Exactly. and yeah, Somebody's got to be open. It re- really reminds you of the early 90s Cowboys that, like, pick your poison against that offense. And right? if Diggs – As long as Dak's in. Yeah, as long as Dak plays, definitely. And on the Minnesota side, you know, if Diggs is going to be covering, say, Justin Jefferson, maybe Thielen. Thielen's got a target uh, for a touchdown score there, too. You probably get a nice number on him, so that's what I like in that game. Most importantly, make sure you bet along with your pals here at minus three fanduel.com slash minus three, the word minus the number three, and we'll see you in the winner circle, or maybe we won't. Good times, great times as always. Uh, fascinating conversation. I'm going to use my real voice after after what you said today. I'm going to start using my real voice when we speak again. Your Chris, Myers, new- your Chris Myers uh, puker voice that you've been hiding from us. As I have said consistently, the Chiefs are junk. They are fraudulent. I have oh said it for some time now. Get now the curtain matches the drapes. Way. You did it. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Hench wants me to put my thumb somewhere, it sounds like. There he goes, the great Kevin Hench, everybody. All right, Eddie Spaghetti. We ready to roll? We're going to do a little spaghetti and meatballs here. Yep, 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 yep. We could toss over to it. Looking forward to some NHL talk. All right, great. Here it comes, everybody. I'll step aside. Hench already has. Here they come. Some hot pro hockey talk for you. Here comes spaghetti and meatballs. Back spaghetti and meatballs here. Second week talking NHL league wide. Uh, very exciting stuff here. With as always, Mikey meatballs. And I know your your owls are struggling here, but uh, how are you doing besides that? You could say they're struggling, but they're really not. This is actually the best record they've had under Trots in their first six games. Is that true? I think so. Yeah, I would have never known that. I, look, I'm, I admittedly uh, have not watched a ton of Isles games, uh, but I just look at the win loss column. I know they're on the road stretch; they will figure it out. But uh, but again, uh, the, the words from you: don't focus too much early on in the season, right? So not worried. they'll they'll fi- they'll figure it out. But uh, who may be worrying? The Tampa Bay Lightning. Nikita Kucherov, I had eight to 10 weeks um, with an injury here, and I patted myself on the back, and I said the Lightning were not going to reach the Stanley Cup Finals or the Eastern Conference Finals, and I, I said that the team goes as far as Vasilevsky, and I know Harry, we can make fun of him, give out the, uh, I think the goal's over for Kucherov. Does not look he's going to hit that now. Missing some time. The simple question here, can they overcome this injury? And I have a feeling I know what your answer's going to be because of what happened last year, but anyway, you have the floor. I think they can, but that division is really tough. Right, uh, Florida is legit. I know it's only seven games, and I said last week, don't overreact, but I do think Florida's legit. Right. They're going to be a top team. Buffalo playing much better Very than surprising. usual. Uh, and I actually think Detroit's a solid team. They're I was not just, bad. Their defense is actually good. I was just reading about the the Red Wings and how they the, the whole Stevie Wise plan kind of turned that whole thing around. It was a long, long kind of slow rebuild here, but uh, they are playing some really good hockey there. So uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if Buffalo and Detroit will stick in the top three, mm-hmm. but it's going to be tough. It will be tough for Tampa because, you know, Toronto and Boston are behind them and Ottawa is also uh, a young, solid team. So and they, they put up some goals. So we'll see. Uh, 
we'll see how they sure. look. Sure, and, in a, and a few I'm weeks. glad you brought that up. So let's get into that right now. And I again, I'm, I'm making fun of you said don't look too much into the early in the season because teams will you know war will find its level. Right now, give me a team that I think you, you think is way overachieving or is really underachieving here. And look, if you want to say the Islanders again, you could say the Islanders is fine. No, I'll give you a different team. One okay. team that they're not necessarily underachieving, but I think is legit is uh, the Calgary Flames. Okay. Um, I, I, think I do agree with that. They just whipped the Rangers, yeah. Mangiapane is yeah. on fire yeah. right now. He's tearing it up, and I think they have a solid team. And Markstrom's back to you know regular form where he's playing really well. Uh, that's a good pick, too. And you know what? I, it's hard to get mad losing to the Calgary Flames when they wear those uniforms. Yeah. Like, the switch over to those will just, they're awesome. They look great. Um, a couple different ways I can go here. You know, the... The Florida Panthers, you did bring up, they're right now, they're 7-0, undefeated, 14 points, just a, a beast of a team. What may be interesting, and we will touch on this later, and it's some very, very dark stuff, is the future of Joel Quenville being their their coach. And I know he's meeting with Batman. Uh, right now we're recording this, you know, midday Thursday, Pacific time, so nothing has broke yet about what's going to happen with his future, but obviously he's involved with this Chicago Blackhawks, Kyle Beach um, scandal here, and, uh, you know, by all accounts, Quenville, you know, Stan Bowman stepped down, I don't see really how Quenville keeps his job, uh, being honest, going forward. And, and, and you know, if you read the, the report and you watch his interview, you you could you can help yourself but sigh with Kyle Beach because it's just disgusting what happened there. And again, we'll get to that in a second. But what I'm, my point is that I don't know how they'll manage without Quenville being there. I'm not sure if they're going to keep up the pace they are. That's an interesting team. The one I'll give, though, um, and right now they're 3-4-1, they're the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs was my pick. Uh, to be in the Stanley Cup Finals and, and to win it this year. And uh, I'm going with them. I think they're going to shake off the early season rust. Um, they finally just got to win in overtime. So I think they'll turn things around. It's just a team that, you know, being in, in Toronto, being probably the, arguably the most popular team, if not the Canadians, uh, in the whole league, having so much pressure on you, having superstars in your team, especially like Austin Matthews, a ton of pressure, and they just they're going to be fine. And uh, I'm not really worried about them. I th- I still think Campbell's a great goalie, and and, and they'll they'll score enough goals to sustain. And it, it's just early season rust, so I'm not too worried about them. Um, another team that is uh, first right now in the Metropolitan Division, Washington Capitals, 4-0-3, 11 points, led by a man, the grade eight, Alexander Ovechkin, leading the league in goals. Right now, I believe he has eight. He's second in points, only behind Kyron McDavid. So the, the talk has to come here. First, we'll look at it from this season. Is he going to win the Rocket Richard, most goals scored in the league uh, at this NHL season? I hope so. He's on my fantasy team. Oh, yeah. He's kind of carrying me right now. But uh, I think, I honestly think he will. Because yeah. he just seems to be playing, you know, I, I think it really shows the last two years how a COVID, you know, this whole situation kind of sure. could have messed with some players' uh, natural, you know, flow mm-hmm. of things for a day-to-day activity. So I think I think he will. It seems like, you know, there are a lot of players who are finally back into a groove. Uh, you see it a lot with some goalies who are finally back into a rhythm and they're playing much better. So I think... This might fit in Ovechkin's case. I know he's been he was good the last two years, you know, during the COVID years, but now he might be back to a more natural, you know, flow of things, and I think he does it. I I, I probably have to go with. I mean, obviously, the one person who you're afraid to may score uh, more goals than him is probably McDavid. 
Uh, he's, I mean, is there anyone else that really could match up here with him? I mean, you could even throw out a, a dry side up, but I still think McDavid will score more goals yeah, than him. I, I mean, Stamkos now, maybe without Kucherov for a stretch, those are guys in there. But right now with Ovechkin, you know where he's going to be in the power play. He's in the power play time. He's playing uh, with Kuznetsov too, who's producing with him. At, uh, you know, he's centering Ovechkin, which makes life a whole heck of a lot easier for, for Alex. Uh, and then you have an, uh, such an offensive minded defensive group. Um, obviously led by Carlson. So it's like that, you know, he's having a great start of the season, but he's a guy that just won't slow down. I mean, there's no reason to think that he will slow down. My only question is that, will it be in McDavid, who is in, you know, you said last week, arguably the best athlete right now in sports. Mm-hmm. It's either him or maybe the stamp stamp thing without Kucherov. I could see being in the mix, but outside of those guys, I don't think anyone will pass Alex. Yeah. And I, I, I know McDavid's the best, you know, in the league, but, uh, I'll take Ovechkin in mm-hmm. that bet in that head-to-head matchup. Okay. Uh, I don't see, you know, McDavid's got his, his assists and his goals. Sure. And, I, I, you know, he's got dry settle and stuff. But if Ovechkin's purely focused on scoring goals, is, I think he gets it done. Is that kind of shocking, too, to see uh, having Ovechkin having still having five assists and being kind of in the mix for points, too? I know. I know. It, is, it is weird to see because uh, when I check fantasy every day, it's like, oh, uh, Ovechkin had another assist, which is you know not something I'm necessarily used to. Washington is a team that I thought may start to drop off a little bit, but it doesn't look like they're going anywhere. That's what I thought. So, all right, so you think Ovi, we're both in agreement here. Ovi will have the most goal scorer, Rocket Richard. That's, that is his for this year. So if you're going to Fandle.com right now, slash minus three, um, most goals scored in the league, Alex Ovechkin, you still think McDavid's going to lead in points? Yes, I do. Okay. But I, I do think Ovechkin... I, I really does look like he's on a, a mission. To, oh, yeah. To break he he wants to get their record. And then back to the record. Now, the, the up-to-date, uh, I believe these are up-to-date, uh, 738 goals for for uh, Alex Ovechkin, fifth all-time. Looks like Ovi's going to pass Brett Hall in fourth very soon. He has 741. And then Yarmi Yager, 766 in third place. That can come, you know, if he's keeping up this pace, that can come pretty soon, too. What, about 30 goals away, give or take a couple? I mean... Maybe, maybe the round about the beginning part of the new year, he's all of a sudden now uh, in in right next to Yager. Do you think he's going to pass uh, Gretzky's eight ninety four? He's thirty six years old right now. I honestly think Ovechkin will play till like he's forty two. I think I'm like with that. you. I think he I wants think to he'll do play it. another six years yeah. just to, to break it. Unless you know. Yager comes back and, and is uh, playing on a fourth line role somewhere, and then put nets a, a few. Um, yeah, Yager goes back to the, to the Florida Panthers because he knows they're yeah. they're good. Is he year. still playing in like some probably European like league? some Czech league? He's yeah. like fifty something yeah. right now. It's ridiculous. But I I do think I really do think Ovechkin will have another six years to play, um, and I think he'll I think he'll eventually beat it. I think he's going to shatter it. Yeah, like I think I he's mean, gonna, if he's getting like forty plus this year, if he's getting fifty this year, and then the next you know, a few years, even if he falls off and is still scoring 30. Right. Right. You know, if he, if he plays five, yeah. If he plays five more good seasons, like really good seasons, yeah. like where he's still, you know, a top fantasy pick, a top power play guy scoring 35 plus to 40 goals. I, I mean, even if at the back end of it, when he's still, even if he's a third, fourth line guy, maybe a power play specialist, just hanging around in like the point or in a circle where he loves to, to hang out. I, I yeah, I think he's gonna shatter. I think he's gonna be well. He's gonna be close to a thousand goals. I, yeah. I really can see that happening. So I guess we're in, we're in lockstep there. Um, talking about uh, you know 
just give out some picks here for the weekend. And I gave you one before on minus three. I'll go a little, to, uh, a little bit more into detail on this one. But the the Carolina Hurricanes playing the Chicago Blackhawks, and you know I, I like that game a lot. If you want to put some money on the Hurricanes, undefeated team. We talk, I talked them up big time in the minus three and AO preview for the NHL season, and I believe we talked about it a little bit last week too. Was like I I should have given this team more love. Uh, I like them a lot, and Anderson in net is you know he's top five in save percentage, top five and um, goals against. He's playing really well. Blackhawks right now in you know the middle of this whole turmoil. Uh, I know Kane's still dealing with the covid stuff we'll see if there's anything more to come from this um you know really devastating story from kyle beach and if if you know they're going to start suspending players or who knows what but i right now the blackhawks i don't trust to win a game uh it's not going to be this game versus the hurricane so i like the hurricanes probably giving a goal and a half versus the chicago blackhawks yeah so i'll give you two real quick ones um for Friday night, Capitals uh, versus the Coyotes. Uh, Arizona is a miserable team. Mm-hmm. They're they're terrible. Uh, I feel bad for some of those guys on that team. Um, but I'm going to go over six and a half there, minus 110. I think Washington will light them up on the scoreboard. And, you know, Arizona might net one or two. So that should bring you to your over there. And I do like the Anaheim Ducks plus one and a half at minus 118 versus Knights uh, Friday night. Uh, Anaheim yeah. is, is solid. And Vegas... Um, Vegas is the better team, but I do think they, they will be a close game. You know, it's funny you brought that up because I was just like looking at I was reading about those two teams and I was kind of just shocked where they both are standing right now in, in, in the standings. Uh, the Knights with three wins, the, the Ducks with two, and you, everyone kind of expected the Knights to be to be at the end of the season, to be in the mix for the Cup. And uh, everyone thought the Ducks have a lot of good young talent. They should be better. That's an interesting pick by you, given the, the Ducks getting uh, the goal and a half there. Um, so I ran at the show, and I, I've touched on it a little bit, and there's nothing really interesting or, or provocative that I could say, but I agree with the general public that the story with Kyle Beach is, is terrible. It's, uh, it's a shame that the Blackhawks, besides a select few people uh, and, and players, basically kind of covered this up. This reminds me of the Pell Penn State scenario. Like I said, Joel Quinville's meeting with Gary Bettman. I would not be shocked if he loses his job or steps down, kind of like Stan Bowman did. Uh, I, what Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tave said, those statements backing Bowman are not great, not from your, your team leaders. And I understand the pressure, you know, that they want to win. They were a dynasty. They want to in jobs and, and money are on the line, but just be a moral human being and uh, credit to Kyle Beach for coming out and those who defended him. And hopefully, uh, you know, he, he didn't get the justice he wanted at the time, but hopefully 11 years later, he'll find something. Uh, so he'll be at peace with it. And I know the whole hockey community kind of has his back and uh, I do too. And I, that's, that's really a, just a dark, uh, gross scenario. And hopefully, like I said, justice is served to those who uh, did wrong by him. I don't know if you have any words on it, but it's a it's a tough, tough uh, scenario right now. Yeah, it's uh, bizarre um, because it's just I don't know how you know some main players you know stood around and let this happen in sure. a in a professional locker room yeah. like that, and to not say anything, to not you know step up and be a leader, it's it's kind of crazy. So hopefully that gets resolved. Well. I don't know if it will get resolved sure. anytime soon, but uh, hopefully they figure something out where, you know, some sort of justice is served. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just that's that's what everyone just wants just justice being served, uh, and then Beach can go on. I know he's playing overseas right now, and hopefully his career continues to be a, a good one, and he finds peace. And you know, just uh, a round of applause for those who did stick up for him back in 2010 when this was breaking during the Blackhawks dynasty. 
But, uh, yeah, hopefully next week's show, a lot more positive news. We'll obviously keep on the the OV goal tracker. Uh, place those bets that we gave you out, those, those picks to make. If you want to be the OV, Rocket Richard, and the, and the game picks for the weekend that we gave out. Um, but uh, hockey is back. Hockey is fun to watch. Uh, Rangers are getting a little bit healthier. I forgot to mention before, uh, Cabo Cago coming back from injury, uh, COVID list. I know Ryan Strom's back. Um, I know Sidney Crosby is still dealing with his injury rehab. Uh, and some guys in the wild, Matt Zagrell, to, uh, to note, is dealing with the COVID as well. I think I think it's all the injury-related stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, so place those bets, fandom.com slash minus three. Uh, Ovi keeps scoring those goals because we gave out those bets, and uh, we'll talk to you folks next week. Great stuff, spaghetti and meatballs. Great stuff, Kevin Hench. Thank you for listening. If you want to go back and get more minus three, as I mentioned earlier in the show, a uh, a fine conversation with the great Will Brinson earlier in the week. We appreciate you downloading, subscribing, spreading the good word about minus three and everything on the Extra Points Network, including Eddie Spaghetti's very good podcast with Jen Piacente, Waiver Wire, the Extra Points Show twice a week, Lemon Pepper Parlay, Megan talking sports. So much to do. It's almost uh, it's almost too much, but it's just the right amount, I think you'll find. And make sure you play along with us, extrapoints.com, uh, in the arcade. Pick them in the NFL and college football every week. Fun prizes to be had there. And until next week, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>